the covenant. Often in the Episcopal Church, when we hear the word covenant, we think about perhaps the baptismal covenant that we take and reaffirm throughout the year in our lives. We're not going to talk about the baptismal covenant this time. No, we're not going to talk about the 2023 Guy Ritchie movie starring Jake Gyllenhaal called The Covenant. No, we're not going to talk about the 2006 teen warlock movie called The Covenant. I wanted us to look a little bit at the covenant that we hear come alive in the scriptures today. The covenant that is God's promise to every living thing. Now for those keeping their own scorecards from the pews, we've heard a little bit already about covenant thus far in Lent. Last week we heard God's covenant with Noah and every living thing. This week in the Hebrew scriptures, we hear God's covenant with Abraham. And here's a little teaser, we're going to hear a little bit more about God's covenant throughout Lent. What does the covenant have to do with Lent? What does God's covenant with mankind and every living thing have to do with penitence and confession and fasting and self-denial that we hear? There is some relationship that I think we all experience, something that always could be delved into deeper when we think about God's covenant with humankind, God's infinite mercy and grace and love for all of creation, and how that is related to the ways in which we have missed or ignored or denied or rejected or squandered God's love. What exactly is this covenant that's broken up into so many different parts that we hear throughout the scriptures in so many different ways, and it takes so many different shapes and forms? God's covenant is that God loves each and every single living thing. God's covenant is that God loves each and every single living thing. A powerful and simple promise from God. Yes, we're reminded of this in rainbows, like we hear in the covenant that God makes with Noah, like last week. Yes, we're reminded of God's covenant to humankind and our ancestors. And yes, we're reminded of God's covenant in the commands and commandments, and in so many other ways. You know, those are just the signs, of course, of God's love for us. The signs that no matter what we do or what we don't do that doesn't align with God's will for all of creation, that God still loves. Yes, even when we laugh at God, like Abram and Sarai did, when God said they would give them a child, even in their advanced age. 
yes, God will still love us, when we try to take God aside and say, are you, are you sure about that? Like Peter did in the gospel passage from Mark today. Even if it means that God makes an example out of us like he did with Peter. How embarrassing. Peter took him aside and tried to talk to him quietly and say, Jesus, are you really sure about this right now? And Jesus turns back to everybody and says, get behind me. (laughs) Peter, you're setting your mind on the limited ideas of fairness that you think you have. You're not setting your mind on these higher things, these heavenly things, God's things, God's covenant. What are these divine things that Jesus is talking about in this passage here? This great suffering and rejection by the elders and chief priests and scribes and to be killed? It doesn't sound so divine. Or is it that after three days he'll be risen again in some kind of strange miracle? No, it's beyond that. It's not just having that final word, not just that end of the story that we know, but it's that God's covenant is part of those divine things, that God's covenant, God's love lasts beyond these things. That God's love lasts through this great suffering, through rejections, through deaths, great and small. God's love is there in it all and around it all. And just because humankind has its own desires and plans and ideas and actions that are contrary to the love of God doesn't mean that God's love isn't there. And yet, in fact, God's love will ultimately prevail. That is God's covenant with us. God's covenant that through all of our lives and beyond our lives, God loves us and blesses us and wants us to be in relationship with God. This is the heart of the covenant. And we see it, that God reveals God's self in sometimes beautiful and sometimes strange and sometimes difficult and sometimes flat-out incomprehensible ways. Ways like when God talks to Abram. Ways that when God is speaking to Peter and prophesying the end of his life, And it reminds me a lot of part of a passage from Isaiah in chapter 55, where Isaiah prophesies the word of God, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as rain and snow fall from the heavens and return not again but water the earth, bringing forth life and giving growth, seed for sowing and bread for eating, 
so is my word that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish that which I have purposed and prosper in that for which I sent it. A canticle may be familiar to those who pray the daily office, the second song of Isaiah. This beautiful reminder that not only does God have compassion and that God pardons, and yes, that those two actions are part of God's love for us, but that this beautiful and strange reminder that God's love has come down for us. God's love is amidst us and in us, bringing forth life and giving growth. And nothing can stop this love of God. Not our sins and not our death. As Paul says elsewhere in his letter to the Romans, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So what's our end of the covenant? It's simply to be in relationship with God. Recognizing, of course, that God is God and that we are not. Like God making the covenant to Abraham, God says to Abram, I'll give you a child and you will have many offspring. You just let me be your God. And Jesus reminds Peter and the other disciples and all the others listening around him to give their life to him just as he has given his life to them. As humans, we often want to make God into our own little images. We resist ourselves being transformed into God's love, God's image. And yet, God reminds us of that freedom of a relationship with God simply to let God be God. And for us, simply to be the beloved child that God intends us to be. What a deal. May we, especially during this Lent, all deepen our relationships with God, our faith with God, our faith that God will always love us, our knowledge that God is God, our experiences in letting God be God, and may we all deepen our life as a beloved child of God. Amen.